It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It was the unavoidable budget, but will most investors avoid capital gains tax by holding on to assets? Income tax allowances have gone up, but tax bans have come down, so are we paying more or less? And pension tax relief will get simpler, but will it be any better for high earners? All of this to come in our FT Money Show budget follow-up. I'm Matthew Vincent, and I'll be giving you the lowdown on all of these money matters in downloadable form with my colleagues from FT Money, Alice Ross. Hello. And Steve Lodge. Hello. And our special studio guest, Louise Somerset, Tax Director at RBC Wealth Management. Hello. So let's start with capital gains tax. Having proposed taxing non-business capital gains at rates similar or close to those applied to income, suggesting rates near 40 or 50% for high earners, the coalition government has instead maintained the current flat rate of 18% for basic rate taxpayers and introduced a new 28% rate for higher rate taxpayers. But the Treasury's own projections show that investors will respond to the increase by putting off asset sales reducing the capital gains they realise next year by more than a quarter. Um, Alice, it seems to me that this new higher rate of capital gains, tax 28%, is nowhere near as bad as some people had expected. So I would have thought that it would have encouraged investors to just carry on as normal. Well, while it's not as bad as was expected, I mean, some people, as you say, thought that it might even go up to 50%. It's still higher. It's still 28%, not 18%. And people don't have to realise capital gains if they don't want to, usually most people. So for most people, whether or not to realise a capital gain in any given year is pretty much a matter of choice. So now that it's 28% instead of 18%, um, many people will just choose not to realise those gains. But I think one thing that people were doing before this was announced was they were crystallising their capital gains at 18%. And I think, Louise, uh, you said that you were seeing quite a lot of that before um, the budget. In fact, on the budget day itself, people had until midnight to crystallise the 18%. And that's what they were doing. They were indeed, yes. I mean, our investment advisors said that they had a lot of phone calls from clients asking them to crystallise gains in that sort of 11 hour period before uh, the new rate came into force. But in addition to that, I mean, a lot of people have been looking at disposing of assets over the last six months, because in the lead up to the the March budget, there were fears that capital gains tax might go up. So that actually made people look at their you know position and decide whether they needed to crystallise any gains then. And then, of course, since the um, election, um, there's been a lot of rumours about capital gains tax going up. So a lot of our clients have already crystallised gains, mm. which means that there won't be you know that many more to, to crystallise for the rest of this year. Mm. What does this uh, new higher rate of 28% mean for the attractiveness 
or otherwise of certain types of investment. Obviously, when CGT was at 18%, anything that produced a gain rather than generating an income looked particularly good, and uh, zero dividend preference shares were a particular favourite of uh, FT readers. Um, How do they look nowadays? They're still a lot better than income. I mean, particularly if you're taxed at 50%, 28% still looks a pretty attractive rate. I mean, the difference between between 18% and 40% and 28% and 50% has not, has not changed. So what kind of products do you think people will kind of carry on going into for capital gains tax reasons? I think the zero dividend preference shares mm. will continue to be attractive. Um, reporting Offshore reporting funds, which pay capital gains tax rather than income tax, will still be attractive, I think. And then there are various um, sort of structured products which the, the banks are producing, which produce a capital gain rather than an income gain. And do people really go into these products purely for the tax reasons? I mean, you know, we're always told you need a good investment reason to go into it as well. I mean, structured products have had their fair share of trouble over the credit crunch. Uh, Are people really going into them just for the tax reasons now? I think if they have a choice as to whether to go into an income product or a capital product, they're going to go for the capital product. Some people probably are, maybe foolishly, but they probably are still looking. I mean, tax tax does sort of wag a lot of dogs, actually. Mm. So, yes, I think they do. Mm. And just one last thing on CGT. One of the uh, tax gurus I was talking to immediately after um, the budget statement was, say, was saying that um, – there was some small print suggesting that the Chancellor still has uh, room for manoeuvre in terms of the rate and could set the rate a little bit higher in 2011. Do you think this is as high as CGT will go or could it go higher? Um, well, yes. I mean, there was a, there was a and a that came out with all the press releases, which um, di- where there was a question asked as to whether the rate might go up. And it, it wasn't specific. It said the Chancellor will review the rates for 2011-12. Um, Personally, I don't think they will go up any further. Um, uh, I mean, Mr. Osborne made it quite clear in his budget speech that they'd set the rate at 28% because that was the rate where they calculated they would um, get most tax from it. If you put it up too high, then obviously people defer selling and it becomes counterproductive. Mm. So my personal view is it will stay at 28%. 28% for the foreseeable future, at least. Thanks very much indeed uh, for that, uh, Louise and Alison. For more on capital gains tax and what the higher rates will mean for property investors in particular, look out for Tanya Poli's article in FT Money with your weekend FT. Still to come on the show, is a simpler system of pension tax relief going to make it easier to build up a sufficient pension fund? First, though, income tax and national insurance. George Osborne's budget included the very Liberal Democrat measure of raising the personal allowance for income tax by at least £1,000 from April 2011 to around £7,475. By his calculations, up to 23 million basic rate taxpayers will gain up to £170 from this change, as more of their income will be tax-free. But the benefit of the higher tax-free allowance will be offset by a lowering of the point at which 40% tax kicks in to just over £42,000. And this 40% threshold will be frozen until April 2014. Steve, I'm a bit confused by what's been going on. Am I going to pay more tax or less? Well, Matthew, you're right. So much uh, for George Osborne's comment that... um he would make it so transparent we didn't have to go through the small print. Of course, we do have to go through the small print. That's what we're paid for. Um, in simple terms, the higher your income, the worse off you're going to be. 
Um, so the good news here is that you're going to be worse off. You're going to be hit harder than I am. So, not, not very much. Well, um, now the crossover is about mid-40s. So if you're earning mid-40, £5,000 and so on, over that you're going to pay more in income tax and national insurance next year compared with this. Under that, you're going to be a winner. And this business of um, narrowing the basic rate tax band and freezing the, um, the threshold for going into 40%, tax what's that going to do in terms of the number of people who suddenly you know will find themselves from next april a higher rate taxpayer i'm glad you asked that matthew it's what's one accountant this week called aggressive fiscal drag which is my sort of party um now what that means is by freezing the allowance uh, or in this case reducing the high rate threshold by one and a half thousand pounds to probably 42 375 people who are currently paying basic rate tax on, on that sort of salary will go into high rate tax next year. Now, everyone else, will, or, or high, people who are earning more than that, will it will mean that more of their incomes, a higher proportion of their incomes, are taxed at 40% rather than basic rate. So their overall rate, their overall bill goes <coughs> up. Now, this leaves aside, of course, the, the, the hope that we all might benefit from pay rises sometime soon. Now, as, if you're freezing your thresholds, as you get a pay rise, which really just compensates you for um, inflation, price rises and so on, then more of your money will be taxed at that high rate. So higher, you, you'll lose more pence in each pound and I, overall. I almost hesitate to ask this question. How does national insurance complicate the issue? Yes. Or does it not? No, it does. It does. Even more so. <coughs> um, national insurance. So um, contrary to the talk of a jobs tax and um, how the Conservatives were going to uh, stop this jobs tax, yes, they've done various things on the employer side, but national insurance contributions are also paid by employees and indeed the self-employed, but not pensioners. So... The increase, the one percentage point increase that we were expecting next April is coming in. People below 20 grand are protected from that increase. But um, and in addition, rather oddly here, there's going to be lowering in the upper threshold. National insurance works similar to income tax. There's a personal allowance where you pay nothing. There's a middle band where you're going to now pay 11, then 12. And then there's a higher band currently paying one over and, and will be two from April. Now, that. Actually, the lowering of that threshold means that more of your income is only going to be NIC'd at 2% rather than 12%. Simple, isn't it? Simple, yeah. <laughs> Louise, um, I was talking to another tax advisor shortly after the budget who, on hearing Mr Osborne say that it's, you know, it's going to be transparent and simple, was saying this is a bad budget for accountants. But this sort of complexity, are your clients understanding it? No, I mean, I think it is extremely complicated. It's the juggling of numbers between one and another. And the other thing I think that one's got to bear in mind, of course, is all the tax changes which have which have just come in from the mm. 5th of April, which also has a huge impact on yeah. on what people are going to be taking home. You know, if you're earning over 100,000, you're already losing your personal allowance. So people earning over 113,000 now have no personal allowances. In which case, they're 500 quid worse off under this pure income tax change, the lowering of that high rate threshold. Because they yeah. get no benefit from they the raising. no benefit from the raising, raising of the allowance. Yeah. Which, of course, one was meant to offset the other, but the high rate <laughs> threshold comes down, exactly. Yeah, and, of course, we've now got the 50% rate of tax on 
um, income above 150,000. So um, I think there are quite a lot of people who are suddenly seeing that their pay packet is substantially reduced. Yes, and I don't think anyone could honestly have expected any kind of uh, income tax cut this time round, but they... They might have at least hoped it would be easier to work well, out. low-income people have got exactly that. And, of course, one group of potential listeners are non-working spouses who will, uh, in, in of, of working age, um, who will, of course, see that increase in the personal allowance to 7,500 quid. And that's going to mean that much more income is tax-free and going to reduce their overall tax burden or reduce the increase in their tax burden. Uh, thanks, uh, Louise and Steve. And for a full explanation of fiscal drag and a table showing how much more or less tax it will cause you to pay, look out for Steve's article in FT Money in this weekend's FT. And finally today, pensions. In this week's emergency budget, the government announced that it will scrap the tapered reduction in higher rate pension tax relief for high earners because it's just too complicated. Instead, it will consult on a simpler system that will reduce the annual allowance for pension contributions to between thirty and £45,000 from the current maximum of 255000 This will be enough for many people to fund a comfortable retirement, experts say. But what about higher earners? They learned that their offshore retirement schemes could soon be banned under anti-avoidance legislation. So, Alice, is a simpler system worse for higher earners? Well, it depends how high the earners you're talking about are. I mean, I think the simpler system is going to be better for the highest earners, so those on over £150,000, because those earners were the ones where it really wasn't going to make any sense at all to save into a pension from next year because um, they would face this um, lack of pension tax, high-rate pension tax relief, so that would have made it completely inefficient for them to put money into a pension. So this way around, at least they're going to be able to build up a pension pot of between thirty to £45,000 a year, which, you know, if you add that up, if you save that every year, um, is still going to be a pretty big pension pot when you come to retire. So so for those people, um, this probably is better. Um, the people for whom it probably won't be quite as good are the, are the people earning under 150,000 who wouldn't have been uh, caught by the restrictions and who could have put up, up to this um, uh, annual allowance of £255,000. Although bearing in mind, actually, the annual allowance is either that or 100% of your earnings. So they would have only been able to put in, um, say, £125,000, but which is still... You know, significantly more than uh, the thirty to forty-five thousand pounds. So, and for, yes, and for people who are looking to sort of play catch up with their pension and put in sort of large sums because they hadn't put enough away in earlier years, this this could be a bit of a negative, couldn't it, Louise? I think it could have been. I think they've missed the boat. Um, it, clearly, at the moment, I mean, there are restrictions on the amount on which you can get higher rate tax relief but you can actually I suppose you could use this year to put in as much as possible if you're not worried about not getting the higher rate tax relief um, because from, from next year it's clearly going to be restricted in one way or another I have to say though I do think the simplification of the system is generally speaking good news because at the moment we've got something like 10 pages of A4 which describe how the new pension rules are going to work and I defy anyone to really understand those Yes, <laughs> yes, quite. Uh, what about people at the top end of the earnings uh, uh, scale, you know, some of which have been using these uh, employee-funded retirement benefit schemes, or EFERBs, to use the, the horrible abbreviation. If EFERBs can't be used in future, what other sorts of pension alternatives are out there? 
there isn't really very much. I mean, some some people have been talking about looking at maybe venture capital trusts as an alternative because venture capital trusts give you tax relief at 30%, uh, not the full 50%, but at least better than than, than basic rate. Um, but then it's a different it's a different sort of structure from a pension. I mean, you're making an investment. You're making an investment by definition in a fairly high risk area. Um, but I think people have been looking at those. Apart from that, um, I think it's just using sort of ISAs and just saving generally. And in fact, corporate ISAs are something that uh, I know, Alice, that you had seen more evidence of, certainly in the weeks before the emergency budget. Hmm. Yeah, this is a kind of a new thing where, where employers are trying to offer alternative saving schemes to their employees, so not just a pension scheme, but other ways of saving as well. And, and corporate ISAs, it's a bit of a gimmick in that a corporate ISA is exactly the same as a personal ISA in terms of the tax benefits that you get. The only difference being that the employer is going to manage the ISA for you instead of you doing it yourself if that's, what, if that's the way you want to do things. And then also um, employers can negotiate lower annual management charges on a corporate ISA in the same way that they can do that for group pensions than you might be able to yourself. So this is one thing that employers are starting to offer as well. So certainly one of the alternatives that's uh, worth exploring if you are a, a higher earner. Um, Alice and uh, Louise, again, thanks very much uh, for that. And you can find out more uh, about alternative pension investments and full details of all of the other emergency budget measures on our website at ft.com forward slash budget. You can also find all of our interactive web content brought together in one place on our new Money Matters page. You'll find our latest blog posts, columns that you can comment on, beginner's guides, top tips, and our special budget Q&A on how Mr Osborne's measures affect you. To read all of the answers to readers' questions, go to ft.com forward slash money matters. And if that's not enough, there's even another budget podcast with three more tax experts for you to listen to at ft.com forward slash money show. But until next time, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from Steve, Alice and our special studio guest, Louise Somerset from RBC Wealth Management. Goodbye. 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 